0: what's going on guys in today's podcast i'm going to run through a mock draft for you because i didn't do one last week so we'll be able to kind of uh, go with that and for this mock i'm just going to do basically um what i would do mock and we'll just kind of see how things pan out i don't exactly know which which variable i can exchange this this week so we're just going to kind of roll with it and see what happens and um I'm also going to talk, before we get into the mock, I'm going to talk a little bit about the preseason last night and what we saw. So first things first, Jalen Hurts, I thought, looked very, very good. And um, I'm actually really, I would say I'm more confident in his floor than I was before that game yesterday. And I know that, you know, we don't want to put too much into a preseason game, but I just think that he looked like a professional quarterback. Now he looked, you know, let me make a kind of bold statement. I think that if I was going to be one of those guys that was like going to make a, a too much of what we saw from one preseason game, you know, not a ton of sample size or whatever, and maybe not the most competitive environment in terms of how you're going to see regular season football. I think his ceiling this year is that he's a better passer than Kyler Murray. I think that's kind of like what I saw from him, even I know, and not a gigantic sample size was some pretty poised decision making some good Um, he was able to fit the ball in some tight spots. He was able to make some accurate throws. Missed a throw here and there, but he, for the most part, he looked good. He looked ready, and I think that I'm much more comfortable with the fact that he is going to be their quarterback all year long. I just kind of think, I mean, of course, unless they trade for Deshaun Watson and Watson plays, but I think that Hurts, if you're an Eagles fan, you have to be a little bit optimistic, at least in terms of how he looked in preseason. So I think that's a positive for Philly. I think that Dwayne Haskins looked good. I know he he made, you know, he had a couple of those those uh, ugly plays or whatever, but I think for the most part, the ball came out very quickly. It was accurate. He made some throws into some tight windows. He showed some improv improvised ability in terms of the, the touchdown pass he threw. I thought he looked pretty good. I thought that he looked a whole lot more like the college version, the Ohio State version of Dwayne Haskins, the one that threw like 50 touchdowns than what he looked like in washington so that's promising for Steeler fans just because you know ben is not going to be around for a whole lot longer so i thought that was good i thought mac jones looked very good i thought he just missed on two deep balls that would have been for very big gains one of them i think would have went for a touchdown i think mac jones showed accuracy he missed a couple of throws as well but i think all in all he looked good if this is how all the preseason games go in terms of like the quarterback battle there in new england think he's going to be the starter i mean I, I you've heard me say cam newton i think is going to start and i've been pretty adamant about that um i i think that cam had moments where he looked good as well in a smaller sample size of course but i i, I think cam just he's missing easy throws i don't think that's because cam is washed up I just think that there's something in terms of the confidence with Cam that kind of needs to rectify itself. Now, I will say, as a Panther fan, I've followed Cam. I've I've watched every snap of Cam Newton's career, essentially, at least when he played for the Panthers, I did, and I multiple times in most cases. But I think that Cam Newton needs to – or what I was going to say is he's – in preseason games, I've seen Cam look a little stale before and then come out in regular season and be great. I've I've seen him really – in. Early in regular season games, in meaning weeks one through three or whatever, I've seen him start season slow or start games slow and then kind of get it going. So it's not crazy. I don't, I don't think he played bad by any means. I just think that Mac Jones, if you were going to say which one looked better, I think Mac Jones is that guy. Ramondre Stevenson, the Patriots running back, uh, looked very good. This is the guy that I was much higher on than the consensus coming out of the uh, coming into the draft. Coming out of Oklahoma, this dude is big. He's like 230 plus pounds. He is a bulldozer, but he has very nimble feet. Very, very nimble. I mean, a 91 yard touchdown run. I don't care if that was done against second, third stringers, whatever. Um, In the NFL, that's very difficult to do, especially for a rookie. Like, it's just, it's hard for them to, a lot of times, to, pick up the speed of the game that quickly to be able to do things like that, right? Because you have to, you have to immediately do the right thing. If you're a running back and, and to even put yourself in a position to have one of those big runs. So I think Lamar J Stevenson looked very good. And I think he's going to have a pretty large role early on as a rookie, somebody that we're not even talking about that may be a, um, a contributor, at least if, at the very least, maybe not fantasy relevant. I think he will be though. Um, but I think that as a, if you're in dynasty leagues, which is something I don't have a ton of experience with, uh, Ramondre Stevenson to me, I think is a guy that you're going to definitely want to target relatively early. I don't think he's ever going to be a 350 carry guy, but I do think he's going to be a guy that's, that's going to have fantasy value. And I think his upside is his ceiling eventually or whatever dynasty wise is definitely our like, I would say high end RB2, low end RB1 at least. So uh, he looked good at 91 yard touchdown. He had two touchdowns too. So I'm trying to think if there's anybody else, I don't, recall anyone else i need to talk about but uh but yeah those are those are my main takeaways from what i saw in this uh preseason last night we'll keep on updating you as uh, as the time goes as the games go on so in regards to this mock draft let's get it rolling i'm just going to hit the start draft button on sleeper now and um okay so this is kind of crazy i don't even know what draft position i'm in it looks like it's going to be later um, okay. I'm going to be at the 112. Cool. The last spot. I haven't done one from exactly this position yet. So, okay. This is almost unrealistic. I hate when this stuff happens because Devonte Adams is still available. So obviously he would be the pick here, but let me run through what happened in terms of the sleeper algorithm um, mock draft so far. So you got at the 11 Dalvin Cook, which to me, I know everyone's going to say, no, it's got to be Christian McCaffrey. And I agree with that. But I don't think this is as unrealistic in terms of like what could possibly happen in your draft specifically. Because let's just say, for example, you're in a draft with a bunch of Vikings fans. You know, I think that it's definitely possible that they that they go with Dalvin Cook as their first overall pick instead of Christian McCaffrey. I mean, McCaffrey is coming off an injury in a season where he only played a few games. So I think that's not. Quite as unrealistic as one might expect. McCaffrey went second, Kamara went third, Tyreek Hill went fourth. Wow, Jonathan Taylor went fifth. Saquon Barkley goes sixth. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, Travis Kelsey, DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, like I mentioned, De- Devonte Adams is still on the board. So uh, I don't, I don't even think. Look, I'm just not going to take him because I don't think that's a very um, uh, productive exercise for us. It's not something that I think could ever happen in your draft. Whereas. Christian McCaffrey being available at two, I think, is slightly possible, right? The, uh, Devontae Adams is not going to be available at twelve, so we're not even going to we're not even going to entertain that. Um, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler are options I will entertain, however, and yeah, I mean, I think I'm just going to go with um Austin Eckler here, guys. I think that Eckler in this offense, it, to me, it speaks volumes that that the uh, coach there, Staley, is not going to play Eckler at all this preseason. He's not going to play Justin Herbert. Or Derwin James as well, and I, I I'm fine with that. I think that what that tells us about the um, the Chargers and how their training camp is going. I think that it means that Justin Herbert is looking very very good. So if you're going to not play a second year quarterback at all in the preseason, I think that means. You know, you're know you more than comfortable with what you're seeing in practice and you're ready to just get him to the games healthy because that's the priority. So the fact that that's also the case with Austin Eckler, uh, the young running back, I think is a – because he's still only like 26 years old. I think that's a promising sign for him as well, and I think that's indicating – That he is going to be a very large part of the offense, which we already knew. But I think that's just some nice reassurance at this time of year to kind of tell us, like, hey, we want this guy on the field. He's very important to what we want to do. We kind of, I like to hear that kind of stuff or see that kind of stuff in the preseason. So, anyways, at the 2 1, we're obviously back on the clock. So we took Austin Eckler at the 112. Now we've got wide receivers available. We're not even going to, again, we're not going to consider Devontae Adams because that's just not realistic. Stefan Diggs, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, yeah, yeah, Calvin Ridley. No, I think I'm going to pair up my running back here with Aaron Jones. I, I mean, oh, whoa, no, I'm not. What am I doing? Antonio Gibson is available and I'm going to go there. So for me, Austin Eckler has a very high floor on a weekly basis because even in games where he only carries the ball eight, six, or eight times, he's going to catch four or five passes. You know, it's just like the odds of him going one particular week with like only one or two catches and only six or eight carries, in my opinion, is very, very low, right? So like on those weeks where he doesn't carry the ball as much as you would like, I think he's going to catch the ball a little bit more. So I think that his weekly floor, especially if he can get more touchdowns than what we saw last year um, per game, at least I think that Austin Eckler is going to be a very just steady Eddie kind of guy. Antonio Gibson, you might not feel that way about, but I do think that Gibson is going to be the feature back there in terms. I think he's going to have a more consistent role early and throughout the season than what he had last year. So I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson, even over Aaron Jones, which I do think I have Jones technically ranked higher than him, but I don't know. I'm just, I just feel like Gibson is maybe should be ranked higher. Who knows? But um, okay. After Gibson, we're going to go, or after Gibson and went Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams. Oh my God. So, so DeAndre Hopkins and Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs and Travis Kelsey went ahead of Devontae Adams. Sleeper needs to get their shit together if you ask me, but hey, who am I? Okay, so then it went Aaron Jones, DK Metcalf, Joe Mixon, Patrick Mahomes, Najee Harris, Calvin Ridley going pretty late, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as he continues to kind of slowly creep up the uh, fantasy draft boards this pre-draft season. And A.J. Brown went at the 212. J.K. Dobbins at the 3 Phenomenal value there. George Kittle, Josh Allen at the 3-3. Whoa. Darren Waller, who's missed like eight or nine consecutive practices, is going at the 3-4. No, thank you. Uh, but that's good for us. Miles – and I think that's also realistic as well. Miles Sanders at the 3-5. That's good value. Terry McLaurin, DeAndre Swift. I think that's phenomenal value. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Alan Robinson, who's going a little bit higher now, because he was at, he was going in the mid fourth round, or maybe even late fourth round, from what I recall, not that long ago, and now we see him here at the three nine. so he's kind of inching his way up the draft boards, and Mike Evans at the 3.10, and then Lamar Jackson, and now here we are on the clock. So, we don't have a wide receiver yet. Let's take a look at what's available there. Keenan Allen at the 3.12, I think is definitely someone I'm interested in. Um, there's also Robert Woods that I think I can get maybe, well, I think I'll have to take him with my next pick if I'm going to get him at all. So the question becomes, is Keenan Allen a better value than what uh, we consider Chris Carson, David Montgomery? I'm just going by sleepers rankings, basically. I'm not going to sort them all out myself in terms of rankings. But I think that with all the running backs available, definitely, uh, I think Keenan Allen is the best option here. And I'm only considering excuse me, I'm only considering running back or wide receiver here in the third round. So let's go ahead and draft Keenan Allen and let's move on to our next pick, which is right now. Uh, Let's see here. So again, running backs available, Chris Carson, David Montgomery, Daryl Henderson. That's about all I, you know what? I would even consider Miles Gaskin here. I'm just, for some reason, lately I've been Having more of a strong feeling, more of a bullish opinion on the on the uh, what Miles Sanders, I'm sorry, what Miles Gaskin is going to do in 2021. I just feel like he's if he's if he's able to stay on the field in terms of health, which I think he just missed games from COVID and then he missed a couple of, uh, of other games for whatever injury it was last year. So it wasn't like he was super unreliable. And I hope the COVID thing won't happen again this year, and it's probably not going to. But who knows? But um, at the four one spot. Let's see. I think that I don't think this is too early for Robert Woods. And I also don't think we're going to get Robert Woods at the 512. But the question I mean, look, for me personally, this is where I am in an interesting spot because I don't think that I want Robert Woods, but I don't think I can get him later, right? I don't think I can get him at the 512 because that's, you know, that's a very long ways away from here, like 20 something picks. So if I want him, I'm going to have to take him now. Is he, at this spot, a better value than the running backs available, which again are Chris Carson, David Montgomery, Daryl Henderson, and then Gaskin amongst the guys I would consider? Hmm. And then other receivers available, I don't really love them, right? You got Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, CeeDee Lamb. I think CeeDee Lamb is someone to definitely consider at this spot. Okay, so it's either CeeDee Lamb or Robert Woods. Which one is more possible to be available at the 512 it's definitely robert woods i think there's a chance woods is available there i don't think it's likely necessarily but um i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with cd lamb guys i think that he is a guy oh i have two seconds to make this pick i'm gonna go with C.D. lamb here I just think that with keenan allen being that being the steady eddy high floor guy similar to our running back combination that austin eckler is um i think the nice compliment to him would be C.D. Lamb, the guy that's going to have weeks where maybe he doesn't do anything crazy, but I think he's going to also have weeks where he goes absolutely bonkers, right? I think he's going to have like 10 for 220 in a touchdown. Like, I think he's going to have weeks, maybe only two, three weeks like that in the season, but I think it's definitely going to happen at least one or two or three times in terms of like those big, big statistical games that you see, like nine for 180, you know, uh, 12 for 200, whatever. So I think he's going to have some weeks like that. Okay, um, Chris Carson went after him, Kyler Murray, David Montgomery, Julio Jones, Kyle Pitts, Travis Etienne, Mark Andrews, Mario Cooper Henderson at the 4'10". Okay, that's getting up there, and I, I would be fine making that selection as well, just so you know. Adam Thielen, Chris Godwin at the 4'12", and then there goes Robert Woods, so that breaks my heart. That's the problem about the, the last pick and having those combos, it's not, you can't as easily predict what will be there with that whole next round because it's 20 something picks later it's a little bit more difficult to say okay that guy might be there now nah, it's not likely not going to happen right if, you're, if it's on the fence uh jamar chase deontay johnson ooh, cooper cup dj moore damn all our guys are going Brandon Ayuk, Russell Wilson, Kareem Hunt at the 5'8. That's that's a much more reasonable price for Kareem Hunt. I think his ADP was last time I checked, or maybe it was a while ago, was was like early to mid-fourth round. So getting at the 5.8 to me is a lot more reasonable and something I would even consider. TJ Hawkinson, Miles Gaskin was available at the 510, guys. Oh my God. We we were if I would have gotten Miles Gaskin at the 512, I would have been super pumped. After him went Tyler Lockett, and now here we are on the clock. So let's see. I think I want to go – oh, wow. Kenny Galladay is available, and that immediately looks appealing to me. Let's take a look at the running backs available. I mean, really nothing. I'm super excited about James Robinson, someone I've considered, but I took him last time. I think I also took Kenny Galladay last time. But to me, Kenny Galladay is super um, interesting at this spot. Right? Let's take a look at the tight ends real quick. Um, I'm going to go with Galladay because – it's uh, I have to make my pick, but I'm gonna go with Galladay just because I think that you know having that trio of receivers now is pretty nasty, right? When you just think about their upside in terms of ceiling, Keenan Allen, C.D. Lamb, Kenny Galladay, those are guys that probably all have somewhere around top ten upside or higher, you know, in, in, in a lot of these. Like Keenan Allen and C.D. Lamb probably have top. Keenan's got five top five upside at the bare minimum. C.D. Lamb has I would say top ten upside, and then Kenny Galladay is close to being in a terms of a top 10 ceiling. So that's a nice trio of receivers to complement our tandem of running backs. So I, I'm totally cool with that and how that's going so far. Let's take a look at the tight ends because I want to just kind of monitor what's available. Do you guys see that Logan Thomas catch last night? That was impressive. And I think that it's kind of just going right along with um, the fact that I love that guy as a fantasy option this year so we're gonna we, we don't we have to take him anywhere near this early being that it's only the top of the sixth round so that's someone i'm gonna hope to get again because i just feel like the value is too strong there but james robinson available at the 6-1 is something i'm definitely interested in now the question is do i want james robinson at the 6-1 over javante williams at the 6-1 i think that javante williams has a higher ceiling um maybe probably right? Because you would have to imagine Travis Etienne is going to be highly involved. So considering that we've already got two running backs that I feel pretty good about in terms of floor and ceiling in Austin Eckler and Antonio Gibson, I think I'm going to swing for the fences here and draft Javante Williams here at the 6-1. So yeah, let's do that. So, so far our team is Austin Eckler, Antonio Gibson, Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb, Kenny Galladay, and Javante Williams. I like that a whole lot um after Javante Williams and went Michael Thomas at the 6-2 I think that's a fine value right it's like that's a risk worth taking I think in the sixth round so maybe a little earlier than I'd prefer but I'm I'm fine with that in uh in fantasy leagues or fantasy drafts Odell Beckham Jr. went after him Dak Prescott Noah Fant James Robinson's pretty good value for James I was considering him at the 6-1 so um Devontae Smith that's early in my opinion Justin Herbert that's That's fine, I guess. Um, If he hits his ceiling, you're going to be absolutely league winning type of um, rewards that you'll reap from that kind of selection in the the mid to late sixth round. Mike Davis, Juju Smith-Schuster, Aaron Rodgers, which I think he'll be going earlier just because the sleeper algorithm hasn't, hasn't completely picked up the fact that he's playing now. T. Higgins, who is someone I'm really getting more bullish on as we speak, as I see him just looking like a true professional already as a guy that looked great as a rookie. DJ Chark, Chase Edmonds, Leonard Fournette, Jalen Waddle, Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy. Love it. I think that's fine value in the uh, back half of the seventh round. Melvin Gordon, Cortland Sutton, Ronald Jones, Debo Samuel. So here we are. Um, Trey Sermon is available. I think that's someone I'm definitely considering. Let's take a look at tight ends, right? Uh, Logan Thomas is available, but I think that just based on where sleeper hasn't ranked, he'll be available later as well. You've got for quarterbacks, you've got a ton still available. I think Jalen hurts here would be interesting to say the least, especially with what we saw last night. Um, look, man, I'm kind of getting more, Oh, uh, what do I want to do here? I got 30 seconds to make this big. I didn't, I usually will expand my time in between like to make each pick but i didn't do that for this mock so we're gonna have to rush it a little bit um i think that there's a plenty left at quarterback, so we're gonna rule that out we've got trey sermon michael carter both available here i think that those guys are the top two running backs on sleepers board so if we want to kind of uh i think we already have a rookie running back though how many do we want to you know do we want to have on our team is the question oh my goodness Oh my goodness, it's gonna auto-draft me here, guys. I'm just gonna take Trey Sermon. I only had one second left, so I kind of fumbled that. My bad. But um I don't think Trace Herman's a bad value there. I just don't like the fact that I took two rookie running backs back to back. Um let's see what's available at wide receiver. There's not really anything. This is an interesting spot of the draft because I don't love anything in terms of the value for where I'm at, right? I don't, I'm not sitting here saying, wow, this is great value. I don't, I don't really like anything. So maybe quarterback is the answer here. Should we just you know, should we just take Jalen? I'm going to take Jalen Hurts here, I think, because when you look at it, like, let me just run through this, have a minute and a half. Uh, another rookie running back is available here, Michael Carter. Would he be a great pick here if he hits the ceiling? Of course, but he he's a rookie, and we're now going to have to – we're not going to rely on three rookie running backs to be a part of our roster through our first eight picks, so not going to go there uh, for him now. At wide receiver, you've got Robbie Anderson, Brandon Cooks, LaVisca Chenault, Jarvis Lange, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, I mean, Antonio Brown, you know, there's a bunch of guys that I think are not really worthy of this selection. So I'm not going to go there in terms of, at least in terms of the floor and what we can realistically expect. Now you look at tight end, you've got Dallas Godert. I got 45 seconds here. You got Dallas Godert, Micah Sikki, Rob Gronkowski. I mean, look, Robert Tanya, Logan Thomas is like the fifth or sixth tight end on their board. So I'm, I'm not going to go with him uh, just yet either. And I think that the only receiver I think is worth considering here is Brandon Cooks. But honestly, I'm, I think Jalen Hurts right now is a better value than than him. I think definitely Matthew Stafford is as well, but you guys, I've basically taken him in every mock, so I'm not going to take him again this time. Um, if it were my real draft here, I'd probably go Stafford, but I think that just because I want to emphasize what we saw from Jalen Hurts and how optimistic that makes me feel about him, as optimistic as you can feel after a preseason game, I'm going to go with Hurts here. I think that... Um, I think it's just the best value on the board. So we're always going to try and stay true to the best value available. And I think that guy is Jalen Hurts now. So we go quarterback at the top around eight. All right. Oh, wow. Damian Harris is still available. Please make it to me. No, he's not going to make it. Yeah, he just went. Okay. So hmm, running back is picked pretty clean at this particular spot in the draft, at least in terms of guys that should be in consideration at this point, right? So after Hurts, it went Zach Moss, LaVisca Chennault, David Johnson, Ryan Tannehill, Damian Harris. Ugh. Matthew Stafford at the 9-6. That's incredible value. He's never going to make it there in my real draft, so don't get your hopes up, boys. Um, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, Robert Tanya. Okay, so let's see. Receivers available. Let's take a look at that because we could definitely use another one. Michael Gallup is still available, but I think he'll be a – I mean, it's hard to say because it's so many picks, but I think there's a chance he could be available with my next pick as well. Logan Thomas is available, and he's the top tight end on sleepers board. So I think that's probably got to be my pick here. Real quick, let's run through our team. Eckler, Gibson, uh, Keenan Allen, C.D. Lamb, Kenny Galladay, Javante Williams, Trey Sermon, Jalen Hurts. I think now is a really good time at the 9-12 to go ahead and get our tight end, and that guy's definitely going to be – and I know I keep doing this, but look, he's just by far – it's not like, for example, that Matt Stafford and Jalen Hurts – that was close, right? In terms of like, which one was a better value last round. This is Logan Thomas is absolutely by a country mile is the best value on the board, in my opinion, even at all positions, if you look at it, but considering that we don't have a tight end yet, and it's the ninth round, the bottom of the ninth round, literally last pick in the ninth round, Logan Thomas is coming off the board and he's coming on to the fair shake football team. All right. Um, So Now what do we do, right? So we have Devin Singletary, A.J. Dillon, Naheem Hines, I mean, Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is a fine value at this spot in the the draft, but I'm not super pumped about taking him right now. So let's take a look at the receivers real quick. we got Hollywood Brown, Corey Davis, Rashad Bateman, Curtis Samuel, Michael Pittman. Um, Michael Gallup at this spot is pretty good, but again, I think there's a decent chance he's available in the next round, and I don't love his floor because what we saw from him last year, I don't think was all that phenomenal, right, in terms of like, Floor, but again, that was obviously without um, without Dak Prescott, so that's definitely going to matter. I think AJ Dillon is the one that I want to go with here, guys, because we have Aaron Jones, right? Am I crazy? No, we don't have Aaron Jones. Um, I was going to take Aaron Jones, but I went with Gibson instead. But look, in any case, Dillon probably could have at least some um, standalone value. right? I think he could be a kind of matchup-based flex option kind of guy at his floor, and then ceiling-wise, he's an RB1, and that would obviously mean that something has to probably happen to Aaron Jones, which I hopefully, I'm not wishing on anyone, <clears throat> but I think that all things considered, A.J. Dillon uh, right here in the at the top of the 10th round, especially when you look at what else is available, like, do you want to go A.J. Dillon or Gus Edwards? In my opinion, as much as I love Gus Edwards, I'm going to go Dillon here because I think that we have a pretty good stable of running backs in terms of like floor and depth at in, in that regard. So I'm going to go down here purely off of the potential upside and just understanding that if we need to plug him in uh, as a flex player on any particular week, we can probably do that. Right. I think he'll be, you know, an eight to 10 point guy at, for you. Um, I definitely think he's going to be involved. Right. I think it's it's, it's going to be, they're going to want to kind of a per preserve Aaron Jones, or they just paid him. They're not going to want to just go out there and feed him like crazy because they just paid him, right? Why would you want to, you just gave him a a four-year extension, I believe it was, so I I wouldn't want to just, you know, abuse him and and basically have him used up after two years. I want to make that last as long as possible. So I'm not going to have time to go through everybody that goes before me here in terms of the, uh, how the draft is unfolding, but let's just say Michael Gallup Deshaun Watson, Darnell Mooney, all gone. Hunter Henry gone. It's a pretty good value there in the 11th round. Oh, my goodness. Maybe that's because of the injury. Justin Fields has come off the board. Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan. Trey Lance also off the board. So that's interesting. And look at this. Gus Edwards is still here. So if we want to bolster up our running back group, we can still do that. And let's see right now. Running backs that we have. Austin Eckler, Antonio Gibson, Javante Williams, Trey Sermon, A.J. Dillon. I think we are pretty good in that regard, but I definitely think we could still add more to it. Um, let's see. Let's look at receivers real quick. Nicole Hardman, da, da, da. Russell Gage at the bottom of the 11th round, I think is a pretty good value. Now the question becomes, which is a better value, Russell Gage or Marvin Jones? Well, let's look at our receivers so far. Who do we have? We have, um, Kenny Galladay, C.D. Lamb, Keenan. Okay. So those are the only receivers we have. Wow. All right. So let's just do this. Let's go back to back Russell Gage and Marvin Jones, because I think that that's both um, two guys, uh, two guys that I think are really good values at this spot. One of my fa- both are my favorite amongst my favorite values, at least at this spot. I like them better than everybody that's on the board, quote unquote, ahead of them on sleepers on sleepers, um, you know, rankings or whatever here. So let's go with Russell Gage here. I'm going to look at what else is available. Cause I have two minutes before I have to make that pick in terms of Marvin Jones. Before I go ahead and do that, I would, uh, I would maybe consider Rondo Moore here just to go kind of more boom in terms of boom bust right like he definitely has a unrosterable floor but maybe maybe just maybe he's a better player than i think he is and he's and if that happens then he's probably going to be uh i mean then he has he definitely has the highest ceiling so maybe i should consider him here but i'll tell you what i'm gonna do i'm gonna hope that he's available with my next pick which he probably won't be but i'm gonna go marvin jones here because i think that we need the extra uh higher floor depth at the receiver position so and I think that by far, those two guys were the best players on the board. Now, I will also say, as I see that he's still available here, the Panthers' Terrace Marshall is a guy that come in and ceiling-wise could get all of the Curtis Samuel targets. I think that that would be kind of his ceiling in terms of like what he could do as a rookie. And I mentioned it right away that I thought he could be a guy that's a rookie contributor for fantasy. So I, I do like him if um, – oh, wow, Rondell Moore is still available here. So let's take a quick look at what else is there. Uh, uh yeah i mean i'm not really crazy about anything else so let's go ahead and take rondo more here and maybe we should also take Terrace marshall and just load up at the um at the rookie receivers this late in the draft right that's kind of like you could apply my strategy for tight ends and quarterbacks where you should take two of those kind of more high ceiling guys later or kind of boom bust guys later and uh rookies etc i think doing that with these two rookie receivers in particular at this point in the draft in the 14th round at 13th, 14th round, you know, is is something that I'm definitely going to consider. And Oh yeah, it's my pick. What am I doing? So I think we're pretty well, Ooh, there's also Gabriel Davis who I like a whole lot too, but I've been taking him a lot. Let's go ahead and mix in. I want to give Terrace Marshall some love because I do think that he has an opportunity to really be a a big time playmaker in this Panther offense, even as a rookie, because they've, I guess Matt rulers came out and said, we want to force feed him maybe that's just right now to get him going, but um, it could also be because he's just a really good player and he, and he might need to be relied upon because they don't throw the, to the tight ends very often. They throw a lot to the receivers in Carolina as we saw last year. So I think that, um, you know, go ahead and getting him on our team <clears throat> is a, uh, is a wise move and definitely one with upside for my final pick. I'm not even going to, I'm just going to take Devontae Booker. Who cares about a defense and kicker? You know, I don't, I don't think that really matters all that much. So we're at least in a mock draft, you know, we want to just build on our team and kind of just get these group of guys and, and feel how we feel about the value and all that stuff. So anyways, that's the end of this mock guys. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll be back probably on Monday. Maybe I'll surprise you with one this weekend. Let me know. uh, Let me know what you think about this draft. I'll post it on the socials and I'll talk to you later. Peace.